welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It is Tuesday, meaning we are only two more days away from Thursday Night Football, so there's some information about that. There's some information about all sorts of things as, you know, we're in week one. It's nice. It's nice. It's actual, actual news. So why don't we sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and sip our coffee. First things first, how is it going, everyone? Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Harry Snowman. Anthony asks, right off the right off the bat, screw it. We'll start with a question. We'll get to those at the back of the show, too, as you guys ask them. But I wonder if Jones gets a deal done. At this point of time, it is looking like it will not be happening. Uh, but I do still think that he will probably be on the football field at some point. If I remember correctly, he had already accrued at least a million dollars in fines. And the fines that you get for not playing in games are even heftier. So I, I imagine he'll be out there at some point. We kind of have a similar situation going on with, with uh, Mr. Bosa over in San Francisco. These defensive players are very important to their team, and they're not being paid that much. I think ultimately it'll be fine. Uh, I'm sure they'll work out some sort of extension or restructuring, whatnot, and, and, and these teams will be good, especially since they're contending teams. Like if this was Chris Jones fighting for a contract on the Buccaneers, he'd be out. But Chris Jones wants to win a Super Bowl. He'll be there for the Chiefs. Bosa wants to win a Super Bowl. He'll be there for the 49ers. It'll be fine. So, but let's get into the actual news, everyone. First things first, that is a positive update on rookie Michael Jefferson earlier this offseason heading into the draft. Before the draft process, even, he got in some sort of car accident and was injured. If I remember correctly, he was, I don't remember if he was, it doesn't matter. I want to say he was a pedestrian and hit by a car, uh, but it, it doesn't matter doesn't matter. He is healed now. Uh, he is able to take physicals. He's able to join a team. Ian Rappaport reported this and also said that, you know, he would have been a mid-round pick. I don't know about that. We'll see. I mean, this wide receiver class was really crowded, but he is 6'4", and he was decent in college, and he has a decent profile. Uh, last year at 810 yards and seven touchdowns. What's really interesting is he broke out his freshman year in college. He had 12 receiving touchdowns as a freshman. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. And he also has some highlights on his profile, 80-something percentile burst score and 77th percentile catch radius. And his best comparable is Romeo Dubs. So a guy that is, you know, may maybe we don't love him a ton, um, but uh, still on an NFL roster, still drafted by fantasy football players and everything. So there is some sort of ceiling there for Michael Jefferson, um, but not – I'm sure it'll take some time, but you know, you love a good story. Maybe it'll be like the Brian Robinson situation or something where he, you know, doesn't get off to a great start, but you know, eventually does get out there and he's playing football. Let's see what happens with Michael Jefferson. Someone on Instagram says my green screen is not working. That is because uh, the green screen is for the YouTube production. So head on over to YouTube. If you're on the Instagram, if you want to see the full thing. Uh, but you know, I just like you guys being able to listen over on the Instagram side. So thank you for tuning in. Next up, we have, let's go with Bill Belichick, guys. This is hilarious. This is hilarious. So uh, if you'll remember correctly, when we when we talked about this practice squad situation with the Patriots, with basically all of their depth moving to the practice squad, I figured it was Bill Belichick doing some mind games and just doing whatever he can. You know he's always doing some shifty things in the league. And this time, what he's doing, 
And when we talked about the Patriots signing Matt Corral, how it was actually a move to the active roster, making him technically above Bailey Zappi because Bailey Zappi's on the practice squad. Well, well, there's actually an NFL rule that says the third quarterback has to be on the 53-man roster, but the second quarterback doesn't. So Bill Belichick essentially is doing a very, very sneaky backup quarterback play, putting the third QB on the active roster and throwing Bailey Zappi on the practice squad. I don't know what the full point of that would be. Like, I feel like it would make more sense to just, I don't know, put Bailey's Abby on the active roster and does not have a third QB or something. It, it's very, very strange, but um, you know, it, it's very cool to see, you know, just, just another loophole that Bill Belichick has found within the rules. It's, it's like that, that is all that guy does. When I imagine Bill Belichick's evenings, I, I imagine he gets home, pours a glass, you know, what, pours like two, a, a very heavy, maybe two to three shots of whiskey uh, puts a couple ice cubes in there and goes, sits by the fire and pulls out a big ass binder, like a Mitt Romney sized binder and just starts. And it's just the NFL rules. And he's just sitting there thinking like, Oh, what's the next, what's the next loophole I can be bringing to the league? Because sure enough, I'm sure next year, every team's going to do the same thing. Every backup quarterback's going to be on the practice squad. And the third QB is going to be on the active roster for, for who knows what. So that, so that's your Bill Belichick shenanigan of the day speaking of the patriots yesterday albert breer talked about juju smith schuster and said that juju smith schuster's knee is a mess and that thing could explode at any point um wow you know hearing the term explosion referring to a body part is never a good sign that is definitely not what you want to hear when somebody's like oh, okay you know look at your knee might explode at any minute you know that that is not what you want to hear especially for an NFL player especially for a route running specialist like Juju Smith Schuster you need your knee and you definitely don't want it to explode uh and that and he went on to kind of say that it makes sense for them to roster an extra wide receiver yada, 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 because of this and that, you know, they may also try to trade Juju Smith-Schuster. Who knows, right? I mean, when you talk about health and players, the really simplest answer to that is who knows. So we'll find out what happens with Juju Smith-Schuster. The only thing I can say, you know, the only big takeaway here would be urge concussion. You know, if you have drafted him, maybe thinking he could be a serviceable option. Uh, you might only be able to start him while you can. I mean, you know, he missed time with the Chiefs last year. He started off hot. So maybe he's a good week one start for the Patriots. And as that knee starts to get worse, maybe maybe it just continues to linger throughout the year. I don't know. If he gets hurt, you'll kind of have the answer there as well. You can throw him in the IR. Uh, but, you know, just just not a good sign to hear about the knee. That means that, you know, if, if anything happens to Juju Smith-Schuster, guys, the answer, the answer is Demario Douglas who has been, you know, impressing the preseason, impressing in camp, a Liberty wide receiver, undersized, but in another route running specialist type of guy who can really go all over. Uh, so, so, you know, roster yourself some Demario Douglas in your deeper leagues while he's still available, because I do think you'll step up admirably when it does come to that. It's just a very Patriots thing. It's just a very Patriots thing for Demario Douglas to end up being something. Next up, we have an update on Cooper Cup, as I see that someone has asked in the Instagram uh, about Cooper Cup, and we're talking about a knee injury with Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, obviously sort of different here, but Field Yates yesterday reported, uh, Rams coach Sean McVay says wide receiver Cooper Cup remains day-to-day. -day. 
McVeigh stresses that the team is most focused on Cup being back when he's ready to return to performance versus just returning to play. He did not offer a specific timeline as Cup remains visiting a specialist. As you guys will remember, Cooper Cup went up to Minnesota to visit a specialist this weekend. I believe it was Saturday that he went to do this. It is now Tuesday. This tweet came out Monday afternoon. So he's still with that specialist, still trying to figure out what is going on with his hamstring, figuring out the root issue of this. And one concern here is the verbiage that Field Yates decided to use ready to return to performance versus just returning to play. That shows me that they're doing the right thing with Cooper Cup and that they're not rushing him back. They know that a hamstring injury can continue to linger if you let it sit and continue to try to play through it. Because of that, I do not believe Cooper Cup will be playing week one. I just don't believe it. If it happens, it happens. I'm sure he'll be fine, but that's not what I want to see as a Cooper Cup roster. I would rather see him sit and, and actually get fully healthy. And it sounds like that's what the Rams believe as well as they use the term per, return to performance as opposed to just saying returning to play. So um, Cooper Cup, not looking good is what I'll say, but I'll also say it looks good in that it seems like the Rams will take their time. And that's what you're really, really hoping for here in my opinion. Next up, we'll go ahead and talk just a little bit, just a tiny, tiny bit about Daniel Jones, who has restructured his contract with the New York Giants, clearing $6.31 million in cap space. $8.42 million of his base salary was turned into a signing bonus. So the Giants are clearing some cap space. What does that mean? My speculation here is that they're trying to sign Kareem Hunt uh, or just, you know, kind of another running back floating around. I don't think they really want Matt Breida to be their RB2. They don't really want uh, the rookie that they brought in. Uh, the name is escaping me right now. Um, but I, I think that that $6 million, not all of it would go to Kareem Hunt, of course. That's way too much money to pay Kareem Hunt, but that's the name I'm attaching to the Giants here. That's the Jason speculation guess of the day giants clearing room for cream hunt but we'll see they're clearing room for something and someone <laughs> um an update on the cardinals quarterbacks as well uh first off kyler murray was named a captain uh by the cardinals today which to me uh would suggest that kyler murray is at least not sitting out the full season i would imagine if they expected to just let him sit out and be injured all year and get to health for next year uh, that they wouldn't name him a captain, but that's just a guess. So uh, that's really my only takeaway there, that that I assume Kyler Murray will be playing football this year, given he was named captain. It's obviously not a surprise that he was named captain. I mean, you know, the starting quarterback for any team is going to be named captain. But I still do think that there's a little bit of tea leaves that could be read there that, you know, maybe they are expecting him to be back this year and to play a little bit of football. And then on top of that, the Cardinals still have not announced a starting quarterback. This is between Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon. They want to maintain a competitive advantage, quote unquote. Um, I don't really know what competitive advantage you're going to have, no matter what quarterback is there. Cardinals, I'm sorry to say it. I think you should just let us know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Um, I hope it's Clayton Toon. You know, I've been thinking that that would be fun to watch all offseason. He was in like my one of the 
post-draft videos. Go check that out. Talked about all the quarterbacks in the draft and what I could expect. Said some high things about Clayton Toon. I did expect him to start at some point, so I would like to see it. I think that that would be the most entertaining option, and I think he would be totally fine given he is the second most athletic quarterback in this draft class and wasn't bad at Houston. He really wasn't. He was totally fine. So uh, going to continue to keep you guys informed on the Cardinals quarterback situation as we learn what goes on to who will be starting while Kyler Murray is out. And speaking of quarterbacks, the Dolphins have announced Mike White as the quarterback two for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so that means he did actually beat out Skylar Thompson, despite Skylar Thompson having a better preseason, despite Skylar Thompson actually playing with the Dolphins last year. They are in on Mike White. And I love, 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 love that. You know that the Podfather's a Mike White guy. I'm kind of a Mike White guy. It's just cool that when he plays, he throws the ball a hundred times. And that can only mean good things for the Dolphins receivers. So if you roster Tua Tonga Viola in a Superflex League, I might go ahead and roster Mike White, given the health concerns that we have. Mike White will be fantasy relevant if he has to start. I mean, he's throwing the ball to damn Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You can't ask for much better than that. So I'm glad to see that he is announced the backup quarterback. That could be some good uh, opportunity for some points, you know, if Tua Tagovailoa ever does get hurt. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good for Mike White. Good little Mike White action. And I think, I think, no, a little bit more news. Sorry, guys. I, I changed my overlay setup a little bit. Uh, lastly, the Jets running backs. Um, basically, it came out yesterday that the coaching staff is expecting to work Brees Hall back into it. They will be smart with his usage in the first game back. But yes, Brees Hall and Alvin Cook will be playing week one. Both of them will be out there. Brees Hall is playing football. He's healthy. He just might see a little bit of a snap count or a snap. Yeah, a snap count. Uh, but that's fine. That's totally fine. That is totally fine because Brees Hall last year barely sniffed a 50% opportunity share and was still a top running back in fantasy football. An extremely, extremely efficient guy. Great points per game when he was playing. I would still be betting on Brees Hall. I'm buying Brees Hall where I can. I think he's fantastic. Um, and I think he'll be good, right? And Dalvin Cook is up there in age and has showed some decline. And so when you have a hyper-efficient running back versus a declining old running back with an injury history, you just take the hyper-efficient young running back that was the number one running back prospect last year and performed extremely well in his limited time in the league pre-injury. You take a chance on those players. And Brees Hall at his ADP is a fantastic, fantastic option for your running back position. All right, guys, uh, we have some busts to talk about. As I said this week, I've decided to give some takes, give some takes as we wake and take on this show. Uh, leading up to the NFL season, I wanted to try to just, you know, put it out into the universe. Yesterday, we did who I think will finish number one. Today is the biggest fantasy football busts by, by position. Not just busts, but the biggest busts. So I tried to keep high ADP in mind. And yes, guys, these there's some hot takes in here. I apologize. I didn't want to go too chalky on these for sure. I wanted to go a little, I wanted to have a little bit of fun. So we'll start things off with Deshaun Watson as he is today's thumbnail. Uh, you guys kind of already saw that coming. I believe that Deshaun Watson is going to be a bust, mostly because of price and what we saw last year just wasn't fantastic. Right now, he's about the 11th quarterback going off the board, and that to me is just a little too high. 
Yes, if he hits his old upside, if he hits how he used to play, he will be worth it. But that's a big if when you have quarterbacks like Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, and more going after Deshaun Watson to where I think that you have similar ceilings cheaper than him uh, as well as much higher floors cheaper than him. So Deshaun Watson's a guy I'm totally avoiding and I think will bust. You look at his games last year, not a single 300-yard game, only one game or two games without an interception. One game he did throw three touchdowns but didn't even crack 200 passing yards. His efficiency metrics weren't great either. Uh, He only had a 31.8% pressured completion percentage, 21.1% deep ball completion percentage. He was 67th in expected points added. Uh, Like, what do you want there? 23rd in catchable pass rate, 51st completion percentage versus zone and man. It just, it just really, really wasn't a good year for him. And not much has really changed. Nick Chubb is still going to be a focal point of this offense. Amari Cooper's getting up there in age. Elijah Moore, a lot of people like him, but we don't know for sure yet. Donovan Peoples-Jones is kind of boomer bust as well. Uh, it's just, to me, not enough to latch on to him. And I think that there are better and cheaper options. And those who took the chance on Deshaun Watson might feel a bit burned let's move on to tight end and i'm gonna go with darren waller and again price plays into this a ton darren waller sometimes is the third tight end taken in fantasy football drafts and that's just ridiculous it is ridiculous i said it he does not deserve to be the third tight end taken in drafts at the very highest he should be fifth it should go travis kelsey Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, then Darren Waller. Even then, I would probably take George Kittle over Darren Waller. I understand what we are latching onto with Darren Waller. I understand. I get it. He's extremely efficient when he plays. He was second in yards per reception last year. There's only nine games, fifth in yards per target. He was an efficient guy, seventh in target premium, and he's been a top tight end for years. But He's 31 and coming off back-to-back injuries and pretty severe injuries as well. Missed seven games last year because of a lingering hamstring injury and six games the year prior. That's just, I'm not going to bet on a guy who has missed almost half the year in back-to-back seasons and is 31 years old. I know the tight ends can last a little bit longer here, but he's also going to a team that doesn't pass the ball a ton. And we don't know for sure. Everyone's projecting that Darren Hall is going to be the number one target earner on here. And I think that's smart given the profile and the size and everything. But that might not happen. It could easily be spread around. Saquon Barkley is going to get a ton of targets. Jalen Hyatt might get targets. Wandale Robinson was really good last year before his injury. He could be fine. Isaiah Hodgins was really good in the playoffs. They brought in Paris Campbell. They brought in one of the most wide receivers in the one of the most athletic wide receivers in this entire draft class in Bryce Ford Wheaton. I know he's on the practice squad, but still, there's so much around on the New York Giants to where why would you bet on Darren Waller at that price tag? There's so many other tight ends, so many other players and positions that Darren Waller to me, even if he hits, will be a bust. And now is where it gets even hotter. If you guys didn't like these guys, then you definitely won't like Tony Pollard as the biggest bust at the running back position this season. And again, guys, 
price comes into it here. I love Tony Pollard and a huge disclaimer. I had massive Tony Pollard roster ownership last season. I bet on him big and it paid off. But this year, the situation is different and I'm just not comfortable at the price tag. I've seen him go in the first round a couple times and even the second round to me is a little bit too early. You've got to remember here that yes, Tony Pollard just broke out. But he's also 26 years old, coming off a fractured fibula and a high ankle sprain at the end of the season. And he only has a 19th percentile BMI, showing that he can get hurt again. And it's just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. At a 13.2 ADP on the FFPC. To me, there are just much better running back options available. uh, And I'm just, you don't have to bet on Tony Pollard. Will he be fantastic? Yes, I'm sure. But if he gets hurt again, which he which he probably will, I know it sucks to project that kind of stuff, but which he probably will, you're you're gonna wish you took a chance on someone else. And it's just a little strange to me. It's just a little strange that you don't hear anything this offseason about Tony Pollard's really recovery or anything or how he's looking. And all you hear all offseason is about Rico Doddle, about Malik Davis, about Deuce Vaughn that the backup running backs in this offense are getting more buzz than Tony Pollard. It's just a little strange to me. And again, the price tag is just so much. He's priced at his ceiling right now. And to me, you shouldn't really draft players at their ceiling. And finally, the wide receiver. And if you didn't like Tony Pollard, you're going to hate this. I almost went Cooper Cup. I almost did, but I think recently, especially as his ADP has dropped, that I don't think Cooper Cup is really going to burn people. It's going to suck if he goes on the IR spot for a couple weeks, but as we saw with Cooper Cup last year, when healthy, he's the best wide receiver in football, and he doesn't even have to be totally 100%. And so I'm not going to choose Cooper Cup. I'm going to choose Garrett Wilson. And this is just mostly, again, a price thing. His ADP right now on the FFPC is 11.8. Again, sometimes going in the first rounds of draft or early second. And again, there are just better wide receivers after him that are available to where you just shouldn't bet on such a high ADP. You are projecting that Garrett Wilson turns into Devontae Adams, who has been one of the best wide receivers of all time. You can't do that. It might happen. Sure. I'm not going to say it won't happen, but it is totally speculation right now for his price to increase so much going a full round ahead of Chris Olave, multiple rounds ahead of Christian Watson, multiple rounds ahead of Drake London, round ahead of Devontae Smith, a round ahead of T Higgins, a round ahead of DK Metcalf. It's just, it's just not worth it. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be good, but you also have to remember that Alan Lazard last year with the Packers had a hundred targets. That's a lot of targets. And now he goes to the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Already has that connection. Randall Cobb is coming as well. Randall Cobb last year had a 13-target game. He likes his friends. And you also can't forget that Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall are both receiving running backs and that Aaron Rodgers is not afraid to dump it off to his running backs, especially as he's gotten older and he wants to remain competitive. Garrett Wilson's going to have some weeks. Garrett Wilson's going to be consistent. Garrett Wilson might be worth the price tag, but there are better options for cheaper that it's just not worth it to me. And I think he could end up being a little bit of a bust at the end of the year.
All right, guys. I'm excited to see your thoughts. I didn't want to look at the comment section. I was a little scared. I was putting this together and I was like, why did I choose these players? But let's see. What do you guys say? Let's 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 answer some questions here. Um, and uh, we'll move on. I'm just going to go all the way back through, see what questions are around. Let's see. Does it seem the Patriots are tanking maybe, saved money, but never really signed anyone? I don't know. The Patriots are the type of team to where I feel like they will never tank. I, don't, I just don't think that's in Bill Belichick's DNA. Uh, and they'll probably remain competitive even with this bad of a roster. Um, let's see. Yeah, Harry Snowman says this is great news for fantasy and returns to, in, re, in regards to the Cooper Cup news. Hopefully that means he'll put up the points per game when he gets back. And yeah, that's basically what I was kind of hinting at when I said that I just don't think Cooper Cup will really be a bust, especially if they are um, taking their time with him, which it seems like they will. Then, hey, Cooper Cup will probably end up being fine. Should you drop Puka Nakua for Mike White and a super flex for a stash? If you are definitely quarterback needy or if you have Tua, I think that's fine. I, I mean, I, Puka Nakua could be something else, something, right? But so could Mike White and so could a million other wide receivers. Um, there, there might be someone else you could drop, but I don't mind stashing Mike White at all. Let's see. What is Isaiah Hodgins this year? I can't answer this Giants question. That is why I'm fading Darren Waller. I don't know who the main wide receiver is. And I don't think any of us should have the balls to choose one confidently. That's 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 my main point there. That is my main point. Let's see. <laughs> Watson hasn't smiled since the parlor days. This is true. He has not been smiling, and therefore he's not going to be good at football. Hair Snowman agrees with Darren Waller. Oh, but Jamie Frog does not. <laughs> you can't move Pitts all the way down to tight end eight. Come on now. That's too far. That's too far. The best reason to buy Bellinger for cheap. He is in the bargain bin. Thank you, Chef. This is a move I have been trying to make. It's a little bit tough because tight ends are hard to roster, especially these cheaper ones like Daniel Bellinger. But, I mean, he was a dog last year. Remember, he got his eye poked out and still continued to play and all that. So, uh, Daniel Bellinger, probably a buy. Um, but the, And Edgar says that Darren Waller will be the top target. It's just, I, I, we don't know that. We don't know that. And so, I'm just not going to do it. Chef says that he agrees with my Tony Pollard take. Wow. <laughs> and the pot father's not going to like my hot takes. This is true. Yeah, this is true. I mean, these are, these are, these are takes that I'm bringing. Let's see. Um, yeah. And Harry Soman says he's a great player. No one's saying he's not, but at the current ADP, it's mostly speculation. I agree. I agree. All right. Wilson's a good take as well. Wow, guys. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I mean, not much, not much disagreement here. I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back. Then I thought I was being a bit too bold, but it, it you know, it, it, I'm glad to see some some agreement here. Thank you guys for tuning in for sure. And finally, the last question: the best bench stash, Jerome Ford or Evan Hole in half PPR? If it is dynasty, I would go with Evan Hole. I'm a little worried about the Pierre Strong signing. And Nick Chubb just plays so much football that uh, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm just going to go with Evan Hole. I think that he has a little bit of a longer shelf life. He could earn himself the pass-catching role in this offense and all that stuff. So give me give me Evan Hole here. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I was Jason. This was Wake and Take. You guys were a fantastic audience. We drank some coffee. We did some takes. We woke up. It was a great Tuesday. I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday, a great rest of your week. I will see you all tomorrow on the Player Profiler, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 10 a.m. Eastern. 
Have a good one. Peace.